doing great we are getting into the thick of the holidays i am going down to pittsburgh with the shoop family degenerate al um for sunday night football it's going to be awesome and we are literally recording this you said i think you're in your car right now um outside of the first niagara center or oh i'm sorry the key bank library so um but it was no library tonight on odd night how was it I was going to say, if there's one night to call it by the wrong arena name, this is the perfect night to do it. <laughs> Odd night was rocking as I merge on to the uh, 190 North here. We are going, uh, yeah, Sabres pick up a big W, seven of their last eight points. And so far, before we get into the build, it's, it's what we've been waiting for. Both these teams to be playing well at the same moment. The Sabres seem to have their gears going in the right direction. And now it's yep. time, with it being Steelers, Sunday night football, and most important of all, clinching week for the Bills to get a big-time W. Yeah, honestly, like, I've been pretty – I've been riding the wave this season with the highs and lows, like the low of the Cleveland game, the low of even, like, the very first half of the first game in New York, and then all the highs. And, but I've been always pretty steady, you know, accepting the fact that, yeah, Allen's not playing perfect or – you know, the Bills haven't had the greatest schedule or competition to go against. But honestly, just going into this week, the idea of being able to clinch a playoff spot 10 days before Christmas is just absurd to me. I don't know when they clinched it when they, in 99, like, I know they went 11 and 5 that year, I think. Um, but like, I was five years old. No shot. I remember that. I mean, this is just new territory to me. And the fact that we can do it on Sunday night football, first Sunday night game in about 12 years, in the stadium of a team who is just always in the mix. They're always, yeah, the Steelers are the Steelers, you know, prestigious organization, but they always just have a mediocre division, you know, Bengals, Browns, Ravens have a couple down years here and there. And they always, they're always just in the mix. They're waving those stupid yellow fucking crying towels. Just spare me with that. The fact that I could be in the arena with a blizzard, Everyone's talking about our quarterback for good or bad. It's just honestly the idea of it. it, it I mean this in the least weird way. It's kind of getting me a little aroused just that I can be in the stadium when we clinch this. So, yeah, I'm doing pretty well, Maniac. Hey, no doubt about it. Couldn't have said it better myself, Topher. i got to be honest. I'm still a game-time decision. I might be heading to rec room on Sunday. I might be heading to oh. Heinz to squirt that catch-up. But with that said, like you said, we were looking forward to this game, and it's a great quarterback matchup, regardless whether you think Allen's terrible or good. I mean, they don't have someone with much more proven on the other side in Duck Hodges, and a lot of Bills fans think it's going to be duck hunting this Sunday. But with that said, you know on the Crowd Assist podcast, we never look ahead. So we got to look back real quick at the Ravens week. We've kind of already dealt with the fallout and everything. 
a lot of people, I think, took it tougher than it needed to be. Uh, 24-17 loss where you ultimately played them pretty close. Uh, it was a one-score game in the third quarter. Um, you're feeling good. Uh, but overall, obviously, I think it was really a team loss. It kind of reminded me of the Browns game when the Browns game, you had Hauschka missing a couple field goals, but you also had Allen making a couple not optimal decisions. And then you had the defense when they had a chance at the end of the Cleveland game to steal it. They couldn't do it. Reminded me a lot of this past game against Baltimore. When we just needed a stop against Baltimore, it seemed like we couldn't get it. When the offense needed to get it going in the first half, when we had a lot of opportunities, it didn't seem like they could do it. I mean, two to three throws from Allen in the first half stick out to me definitely in that Baltimore game. But with that said, it was a 24-17 loss ultimately to one of the teams that a lot of people consider the best in the NFL. And it's like you said, Topher, you want to talk about proving yourself against a contender this week, we can definitely do it against the Steelers. I would say over the last 10 years, they've been just as much in it as any of those Cowboy teams. So I know we were really high on the Dallas win, but Pittsburgh is ultimately the chance to prove something. But before we get into that, what's your biggest takeaway on the fallout of all the fallout from the uh, Ravens game? Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, you take a step back, like you said. I think a lot of people were you know, knee-jerk reaction, a little bit negative. And then I think a lot of people took a step back. On paper, you lost by one score to, like you said, the best team in the league right now on a huge winning streak. And you got the ball down into the red zone with a chance to tie it up at the end. And now the last drive, they definitely did get some help with, you know, I mean, all the calls were valid, but I mean couple tangled feet and jersey tugs and people falling over you get a little help from the laundry and the refs um but they were down there um my main takeaway i mean the defense they it's it's not even a surprise but the defense just holding lamar in check on his feet when he was scrambling and ingram too i mean yeah jackson threw for the three touchdowns but the one was just like a, a great play design. The first one, I mean, you, you think you got to contain Jackson. He's running for the pylon, and then he just kind of flicks it up over the defense to a tight end. And, you know, he I didn't. I think Jeremy White said it best. That was an indefensible play. The second yeah. he commits what are you gonna Jackson do? on the run there, he flicks it to the tight end in a play that I would say less than five QBs in the entire league make. So, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't hold that against the defense. Yeah, so what are you going to do about that? I mean, and. Allen, I mean, he wasn't perfect by any mean, but I honestly didn't think he played that bad. I mean, the one takeaway when I was watching the game up in the 300 level was that the the offensive line was not great either, but there were plays where Allen did have some protection and could have stayed in the pocket, and he was just immediately scrambling out. Um, but I do remember, I think it was the Cole Beasley drop. Allen scrambled to his left, which everyone's saying is a big no-no. He, he, he can't do that at all. He's incapable of throwing when he scrambles that way. And he dropped an absolute dime down the sideline and it was dropped by, I think it was Beasley. So Allen, honestly, he was not that bad. He is getting high praise from Harbaugh after, before and after the game. So again, I think it, it's just, we have a guy who's developing. He's got all the skills that you would want in a quarterback. And I'm excited to see this Sunday on I know I know the Ravens game was technically like a national televised game for 1 p.m. like primetime but I mean we saw what he did in Dallas on the big stage all fired up I'm excited to see what he can do in under the lights uh, on NBC you're absolutely right this is the guy who's only proved himself at Allen 
I want to piggyback on both those points for sure. This defense just continues to establish itself. I mean, I think if we don't turn the ball over and deepen our own territory early there in the first quarter, uh, it's a completely different game. But that's why they play those full four quarters. Obviously, Allen came back and made some plays, so you showed yourself opportunity there. And, yeah, I, again, I can't even talk about how much it really was a team loss to me. I mean, Allen missed some yep. throws in the beginning. You had Knox with a big drop on third down in the second quarter. Yeah, the defense allowed a 60-yard touchdown to a tight end, which is something that I don't think that they probably do again the remainder of the year. And then by that point, you're down 24-9, so the game was just kind of out of hand there. But yeah. the biggest point I want to make is that, yeah, shutting down Lamar Jackson, my confidence in this defense is 100% if they're not facing an elite quarterback. So I'll kind of transition yep. there, Topher. Look yeah. at Duck Hodges. I mean, he hasn't. he's obviously impressed the staff enough to – usurp Mason Rudolph, but at the same time, even with James Conner potentially coming back, even with Juju Smith-Schuster back in lineup, I have a feeling that we can make Duck Hodges feel a little uncomfortable this week. Yeah, I mean, another point just looking at, or actually I'll I'll make two quick points uh, before we fully transition, but you mentioned team loss, three phases of the game. It was nice seeing Hauschka kick it through the uprights every time that game, especially considering, I mean, you should have seen the flags at the top of the stadium. It was a left to right wind um, instead of, you know, tunnel to end zone, end zone to end zone. But like the flags were going in opposite direction on each side. It was absolutely absurd. The wind in that stadium and the fact that Hauschka was able to, um, you know, kick it through, make his field goals. That's obviously huge moving forward. If you can continue to build that confidence and then, Ed Oliver in the D-line, again, I mean, beginning of the year, they started off a little slow, but if that D-line can continue to be disruptive, that's going to be a huge factor going into the postseason and the, the home stretch here. Yeah, I mean, regardless of whether you look at any Super Bowl winner over the past, what, five to ten years, you have to have an aggressive defense that's making plays, and that's definitely what I've seen out of Leslie Frazier's group over the past, I'd say, six to eight games, but especially since that Cleveland game. It feels like they've been yeah. dialing up the blitzes. They've been getting yep. some, exotic, some exotic looks, as the analysts like to say. And that's always good when it comes to uh, making those opposing QBs see ghosts. And obviously, yep. yeah. like we let in, that's what you're going to want to do to Duck Hodges yep. this week. And, I mean, the Steelers are intimidating. There's no reason not to fear them. So I think if you or I speak with confidence against them, it's just because we have favor, uh, we have uh, you know, confidence in what McDermott and Co are doing. Because the craziest thing I looked at was that Mike Tomlin, in his tenure as a coach, has never been below 500. That is just yeah. absurd to me, even with the Roethlisberger continuity. Because there's been years where Roethlisberger's missed games. I remember Charlie Batch back in the 2000s. Now in wow. the last couple of years, you've had Rudolph and a couple of subs come in. It's absurd that Tomlin, with that instability even recently, has never fallen below 500 for these black and yellow Steelers. Yeah, and you even look at what he's doing this year. Like, my respect is just continuing to go through the roof for him, considering, one, the guys he lost in the offseason. I mean, arguably two of the most explosive players in the NFL uh, the last few years. And then the team that they come in with this year, you got Juju getting hurt, James Conner, as you mentioned, getting hurt. Um, yeah, I, obviously, you know, I, I questioned his ability to like, he's like, uh, at times he, was, he seemed like the opposite of McDermott. Like he, he didn't have control of what was going on in that locker room and the culture and, and the players he had. But I mean, this year he's kind of, 
he's really, uh, like I said, building uh, respect, uh, I think, nationally and definitely in the conversation, I think, along with McDermott for uh, Coach of the Year. But, yeah, going back to the game, I mean, like I said, the D-line, if they can get to Hodges, I mean, it's I'm not I'm, I'm not concerned about the defense. My concern going into this game would be, I don't know, it's going to be the weather might be a factor. It might be something similar to that New England game earlier in the year where like a, a special teams blunder or pick six or fumble by Allen for like TJ Watt that they take to the house. And that's like the seven points that puts them over the edge. That's my main concern going into this game. So obviously win as a team, lose as a team, all three phases are going to have to be sharp. And I don't know, I'm just pumped, Maniac. I am just pumped. And rightfully so. I mean, it's a big game. Like, like they said, it's their first time on Sunday Night Football in over a decade. It's funny you mentioned Watt because I had a friend of mine go, am I, am I crazy for being afraid of Watt this weekend? And I go, you would be crazier if you weren't afraid of Watt this yeah. weekend. I mean, we should definitely be worried about what those Steelers can do on the defensive side of the ball. Minka Fitzpatrick, since that early season trade, has been an absolute weapon for them. And I think, I mean, again, I'm no guru. I'm no all-22 analyst, but the basics of what I've heard is that since they were able to acquire Minka Fitzpatrick, they've been able to blitz and pressure more, which is obviously something that Allen needs to overcome. The biggest thing to me, though, is that it's funny because at the beginning of the year, there was a little controversy about Dable, and now he's in the booth. And uh, obviously, we'll just touch on like this and a couple more points where we get to our predictions, though. But it feels like since he's been in the booth, not only is the offense better, but I now kind of have the confidence to where if Josh Allen, and this is statistically proven, completes 60% of his passes, the Bills are going to not only be in that, but have a great chance to win that game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, can we talk real quick about, have you noticed an uptick on Twitter like this past week with all those uh, pro football focus guys just absolutely, I feel like they're just trying to troll Bills fans by trashing Allen. Like they'll take completely out of the blue they'll be talking about a completely different quarterback like a college quarterback or a completely different team in the nfc and then they'll just reply to the tweet just with like here's a josh allen stat that proves he's just horrific and they have him ranked like 50th out of 31 quarterback or 32 quarterbacks in the league it's just i've noticed an uptick lately and i it's kind of annoying me because like i said i think they're just they know they're going to get a reaction from bills fans because we're a passionate group and passionate on the social media waves and I mean, if any, like it, it annoys me because that's like data and analytics, like you're going to get anomalies, you're going to get one outlier and that could be Allen and they just cannot accept that. They just need him to be terrible. And it's just driving me nuts. Have you noticed that maniac? Of course I've noticed it, Toph. I mean, first off, let's face it. When Allen came into the league, anyone resembling any like leniency towards analytics said that he had absolutely no chance at being a sufficient NFL quarterback. He was too yeah. inefficient. He was all over the place, and he couldn't complete the basic throws that were going to, you know, obviously be necessary to a typical game plan or, you know, winning pro style in the NFL. But with that said, what's happened is that, you know, last year we noticed like the 70 to 80-yard rushing games. I mean, where do those quantify on pro football? Yeah. Because I feel like they haven't or, really caught up to yeah. those, to be honest. Or getting up after fumbling a fourth and one snap and just barreling through like eight in the box on the other team and then giving a massive fist bump that fires up your team to score a touchdown on the next play. Where is that? Yeah, I mean, 
it, it's just aggravating. Like that one guy, I, I don't even know his name, and I don't even want to look up his name right now. But I, you click Aaron on his chat. Is it Aaron? Maybe, Chad? maybe you you click on his profile, and somehow he got on to like late night with Seth Meyers, and that just every time I see that picture, it it makes me angry to my core. I'm like, how did you get on that show? Why uh, you? Makes sense. makes sense to me entirely. And the other thing, so Pro Football Focus does not factor in. I don't care what they say. The fact that when right now it's second and one or third and one, we can just run our offense up to the line and fall forward for a first down. Don't even tell me that they can quantify how easy that is. Yeah. I mean, and, and yep. we've seen it alone. I mean, yeah, Masari, Kevin Masari told us when he was on with us. Allen is not an exceptional deep ball thrower. Well, when he came into the league, we thought that that was going to be his weapon. He had a big arm. He could throw it 40 to 60 yards. What we're seeing is that the big arm translates at that 10 to 20-yard level. He can make those throws oh, yeah. on a dime, on a, on a line, on the run, maybe across his body, maybe in tight coverage. He can yep. really fit those in, and that's when you combine that with the fact that – I mean, again, it all goes back to the Masari show for me because there was just so much in there, but that they have to drop into those conservative zones to factor in the run threat of Allen. There's certain things that these analytic guys, I don't care what they say, just yep. cannot measure about what Josh Allen gives you on a game day. Does he do things that are inexplicable and have you ripping your hair out of your head? Yes. Does he do things where your heart flutters and all of a sudden the Bills have a first down? Yes, as well. So it's a growing yep. experience with this guy. And to be honest, part of the reason I think we both get so offended so far is because to you and I, that's our guy. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Like I said, if he if he puts up a performance similar to that Dallas game this Sunday on a huge stage, I'm going to be like very, very, I won't be all in, but I'm going to be very, very sold on this guy as just like a leader and stepping up on the big stage. Cause like that, that Dallas game, you could tell he was just a little extra fired up and it was, it was awesome to see. Um, but yeah, you mentioned like the arm strength and those intermediate throws, the throw that sticks out this year is that one in Miami to John Brown up the sideline where he just kind of dropped it in there between two defenders with pace and gave John Brown a little running room uh, before the safety could get to him. And there he goes crossing the pile on. So uh, thinking back to last game, it would it would have been nice to see him connect on one of those deep balls or obviously even get the, uh, I think it was the Robert Foster play where there was no penalty called. Um, man, it'd be nice to just see him connect on one of those, one of these games. Most definitely. That Robert Foster, obviously a lot of fans wanted uh, McDermott to challenge, but the, the PI challenge is almost a, a non-factor still. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Even, I don't know. I wasn't very confident. I mean, I was. I was upset looking at the replay in the in the stadium, but I wasn't overly confident. There was a little contact with the helmet. I didn't think it was like. I, at this point, I think, like the NFL, especially getting down to the tail end of the year and getting into the playoffs, you're going to see. You're basically going to have to get mauled. It's going to have to be literally. It's going to have to be literally the play that caused this rule to come into place where like the Saints-Rams play. It's going to be have to be something like that for them yep. to overturn it in a big moment, in a big moment. So. And let's give them credit where there's credit's due. I mean, a lot of these calls are so close. I think that if you call that foster play P.I. on the field and the Ravens challenge it, there's no way it would get overturned either. So it's really yeah. just that bing-bang ruling on the field. Before we get into our Picasso's tasty players of the game for this Pittsburgh preview, I did want to say, because you mentioned that Miami throw to John Brown, um, the two throws I would like to add on to that, when you just look at Josh Allen's resume for the, why this is your guy, 
you got the Beasley third down play uh, on the second series of the Dallas game where he throws it out of his own end zone on a line. A lot of fans yep. are familiar with that. And again, it's that throw you mentioned this past week. Uh, he put it on a line. It's uh, It's been all over the net, especially through yards per pass this week. Josh Allen is falling backwards at, at essentially his 12-yard line. He's throwing it off his back feet, his, or back foot. His shoulders are not square to Beasley. His feet are not where they're supposed to be. And it's over. You said it best. About 30 to 35 yards downfield. He put it on Beasley's hands. When you watch it in slow-mo, Beasley just extends too far and actually goes through his wrist. That's why he dropped it. a very rare job for Beasley, but it's that, that kind of throw was just incredible. The fact that he could throw that with zip and velocity, you don't have to worry about it getting picked like you would most NFL QBs, is just insane. It was absolutely delicious watching it on replay. It gives me a lot of uh, hope for going forward. Speaking of deliciousness, Picasso's Pizza. For the best deals on best pizza in western New York, go to picassospizza.net. Topher, huge matchup against the Steelers. You got Juju back. You got Connor potentially back. You still got Benny Snell. You still got a couple other weapons. You got the Ducks. Who is your key player on the Buffalo side of the ball for a tasty game for Picasso's against the Steelers on Sunday Night Football? Well, one of the big headlines going in is the three Edmonds brothers all going to be on the field. Um, I'm going to go with Tremaine. I think he might have a little bit extra to him this week. Him and Milano in the linebackers. I mean, we saw it last week with Lamar. Um, obviously, it's going to be a little different, a um, little different of a, a factor this week with the linebackers, but they still going to have to play with that pace, um, that pace and intensity and, and leadership. I think Edmonds is going to have a big game this week, and I think he could be a major X factor. Okay. I think that when we went into Dallas, it was kind of they were kind of knocked around a little bit. Dallas wasn't feeling their typical swag. Not not to sound ridiculous, but I think that's fair to say. Steelers are feeling themselves right now, which means that this is going to be a hostile environment that you and, and Degenerate Al's family are going into this Sunday. And I think that one guy that can help just ease the uh, the Bills into a solid game plan and get them going, Motor Singletary. It's a guy you literally you can't get him enough touches, but on the same uh, you know, breath, you don't want to give them too much and wear them down. A great 10 to 14 touch first half to get us going, yep. uh, I think would be really big. And to get, you know, Josh Allen comes Because once he gets that play action going, it's all over. And, and there's all the confidence in the world in J17 to lead that offense down the field. Yep. And and Motor was at uh, Odd Night tonight. So that's a good start oh, to. A huge yeah. appearance. The crowd was going nuts. They showed him at oh, the end wow. of the game montage when they were trying to get everybody pumped up for the uh, final stretch of the game. And speaking of the final stretch of the game, again, you got the Bills. You got them at 9-4. and four. Well, I mean, I, I hate to name drop myself, but I said it on WGRZ this week. If you had told any Bills fan before the year, you could be 9-4 and four going into this week and you're on Sunday Night Football, I think a Bills fan would be desperate to take that opportunity. So, with that said, Steel City, this Sunday night, Duck Hodges, JA-17, Tomlin versus the Pope of the Process, McDermott. What do you have happening at Heinz Field? All right. So, I'm hearing – I won't name names, but, like, I think a lot of people, despite that game last week being close, uh, they're getting a little pessimistic. They're already looking on to that Jets game as a win and get in, which like we've discussed would be an insane environment, but 
No, this is this is different. The Bills are not going to choke this one. They are going to win. Defense does the job. You know, maybe uh, maybe one turnover with a short field for the Steelers to punch it in. I'm going to go 28 to 13. Uh, Bills, we're going to get it done. Like you said on uh, on the news, we're going to be singing Mariah Carey all the way home, all the way up through Erie, and it's going to be glorious. We're going to have people calling into WGR crying like Warlock on Monday morning. I can't wait, Maniac. Can't wait. It's going to be an absurd environment. I, I've had this pick before, but I have this feeling, especially going into this tough defensive matchup. Like you said, Hauschka was on fire last week. I think the Bills dominate this game yardage-wise. Maybe they don't get it done in the red zone like they've been gotten it done this year. But I think the Bills take care of business. I think they neutralize Duck Hodges. I think it's duck hunting season in Pittsburgh. I think we've got – no, I don't think we've got. I know we've got Buffalo Bills 22, Pittsburgh Steelers 13. I'm locking that in, so. Nice. All right. Well, folks, thank you very maybe. much for listening to the Crowd Assist Podcast with myself, Maniac, and Topher. If you're ordering, looking for a great order for Sunday Night Football, go ahead and hit up Picasso's Pizza. They'll set you up. If you're looking for somewhere to go for the game and enjoy it, head down to Chippewa. I know you're thinking, you maybe you think it's a Friday, Saturday night, 4 a.m. spot, but Rec Room on Chippewa, a great spot to watch the game, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hope I see you down there, though, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, we'll see. Well, that's a game-time decision, but the only game-time decision we're hoping they make is to get a huge job in Pittsburgh this Sunday. Folks, thank you for listening. Shout-out to Topher. Shout-out to Picasso's. And always, it's three little words. Let's go, Bills.